Hey guys, you are listening to the Rima Chapel Podcast, which brings the message of Jesus Christ to the lost all across the globe. Today's speaker is our own pastor, Reverend Samuel Donkopote, pastor of Rima Chapel, Belfort, Germany. Hope you enjoy the message. I just want to bring a message to you uh, from the book of Matthew. And uh, it's Matthew 25. As a matter of fact, it would be a good idea for us to take a look at uh, the verse number 14 to 29. That will be inclusive. It will be like uh, 15 verses. I, I know it's a, it's a long number of verses, but uh, I want us to take a look at it. And... Uh, my, my topic or my focus for tonight is building spiritual capacity. Because you see, the most important thing in life for you and I as believers is for us to understand that uh, God didn't uh, save us and then leave us on this planet for nothing. If salvation is only about being delivered from sin and then getting to heaven. Uh, I would have I would have thought that when God saves a person, he will give him, let's say, one week or two weeks, or maybe maximum 90 days. Or perhaps like, like he did with Jesus, when Jesus rose from the dead, he was around and was seen for like 40 days. And then he ascended to heaven. So maybe when somebody is saved or somebody is born again, you give him or her 40 days. Say farewell and goodbye to everybody. And then uh, you just you just give them the Elijah Airways, I would say. <laughs> and uh, you just transport them without seeing them, without a funeral, and then boom, they are in heaven. That would be great. Because people are saved, and then there are some people who never remain saved. They begin as believers and they end up backsliding. There are those who start their journey with God just like Lot's wife, but they end up not getting to the destination. So maybe the only way to avoid those kinds of catastrophes is let's give them 40 days and oh yeah, you just, you know, take Elijah airplane and take them to heaven and that will be all right. But there is another reason why God keeps us here in the midst of the darkness where he picked us. And, and, and if we, we have understanding that God is keeping us here after he saved us for a reason, then uh, we will make it a priority to build capacity. And so today, I want to talk about building capacity, and I'm taking my scripture, like I said, from uh, Matthew 25. And uh, the verse number 14, right through to 29. So if you would please turn your Bibles uh, to Matthew 25, the verse number 14. If you can, and if you will, then uh, we, can, we can just read. Hallelujah. Matthew 25, the verse number 14. Some of you know it. It is uh, the parable of the talents. And so I'm reading from the verse number 14. 
For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants. Take notice. He called what? His own servants. He didn't call another person's servants. He called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. Meaning that he committed his property to them. Verse 50. And to one he gave five silence, to another two, and to another one, to each one according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Verse 16. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. Verse 17. And like and settled accounts with them. Please notice that after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. The Lord will come. Amen. Even if 2,000 years has passed, the Lord will still come. Verse 20. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you have delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. Meaning, these are ten talents now. Verse 21. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Please take notice. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over few over a few. Please take notice. If it is yours, underline the word over a few. And then it goes on. I will make you what ruler over many things. If it's your Bible to underline the word many things. So we are looking at words. One word is saying few things. Another word is saying many things. We are talking about capacity building. Let me continue. Verse 22, he also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them, meaning that there were four talents now. And his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Please notice that the same statement made over 10 talents were made over four talents. Meaning that the talents were not the issue. Take notice of that. Now we get to the verse number uh, 24. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. 
reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. So look, I have your talent. Here is, here is what is yours. Verse 26, but his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. So the servant is not only lazy, he is also wicked. He who calls God a hard man should get ready to be called a wicked man too. Uh, you know that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. Please take notice of that. Verse 29. For to everyone, and this is the conclusion of the whole uh, parable and this is where we are supposed to pick up the lessons for verse 29 for to everyone who has more will be given and he will have what abundance but from him who does not have even what he has will be taken away hallelujah now, let's settle a couple of points. The talents were given to them by their Lord. They were supposed to work with the talents. He never told them that when he comes back, he's going to give it to them. Either to own or to keep on trading with them. He didn't tell them that. He just told them that, look, guys, you serve me. I am going to go away. But you are my servants. I want to keep you employed. So in order for you to keep employed, these are talents. I know you to be a man who can handle five. Take five. I know you to be a man who can handle two. Take two. As for you, I know you to have the capacity to handle one. I will not overburden you with more than you can handle. Take one and do business with it. He goes and he comes back and what does he find? He finds that they have worked and there is increase, except for one man. Now, last week we were talking about the fact that as believers, there is a future ahead of us and that future is very, very close to its uh, Fulfillment and manifestation. Now, what I want to make with these talents is simply this. You and I who are believers today, 
God is keeping us here because we are supposed to make the best use of the time he has given to us. The health he has given us. If it is money, well, the money he has given you. If it is a family, the family he gave you. If it is school, well, the opportunity he gave you to go to school at all. After all, there are some people who never had the opportunity to go to school. So what are you doing or what are you making with your education? What I want us to realize in all these things is simply this. The fact that we will one day stand to give an account unto God. There is an account to give. The person that is a servant, he has a responsibility and he should know that he will be examined based upon the responsibility given to him. What kind of Christian are you? Are you the kind of Christian who ever since you came into the kingdom of God, business has been as usual? If you look at your life and you cannot see any change at all from when you came to Christ, I want to suggest that you have buried your talent. But if since you came into the kingdom of God, since you became born again, you can look at your own life and at least you can be able to see some kind of progress, then uh, I would say that you are probably the man with the ten talents or the man with the two. But if you look at your life, you can't see anything, no change at all. The things you used to struggle with, 20 years ago when you gave your life to Christ, you are still struggling with them. Perhaps you have even lost ground. You know, now you are doing even worse than you used to do before. Meaning that you have actually backslidden. Please, this scripture is supposed to give us a warning. A day is coming when the Lord will come. And, and I want to say that the coming of the Lord is a lot nearer than when we believe. You know, if you are living in 2020, then you are living 2,000 years after Jesus spoke these words and left. So what is that? Do you remember that Jesus was saying to the Jews at this, in his day, that, have you seen this temple? I'm prophesying to you that not one stone in this temple is going to be left standing on its own. That you did not recognize the time of your visitation. And because you, don't, you didn't recognize the time of your visitation, the things that belong to your peace are passing you by. And you know, the absence of peace is trouble. Do you realize that these things happened in AD 70? That history, secular history records the fact that Titus 
the Roman general came against Jerusalem and managed to do exactly what was prophesied by Jesus. Well, if Jesus prophesied about Jerusalem and it came to pass, if you said that the Jews, because they didn't realize their peace or what belonged to their peace, calamity is going to come upon them. And you know, some of them were foolish enough just because they really want to get Jesus, they were foolish enough to say, well, 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 let his blood come upon us and our children's children. Did they really know what they were saying? Because that blood that they had invited, because you see, to make statements like that is to invite a curse upon yourself. <clears throat> they invited a curse. Because for almost 2,000 years, actually, for over 1,950 years, they ceased to be a nation. As a matter of fact, it is on record that for a period of 500 years, no Jew was allowed to enter Jerusalem. You entered Jerusalem and you were caught. And they managed to trace and find out that you were a Jew. It means you were to die. This is how bad the thing they spoke came to pass. So, the question I'm asking you is, don't you realize even that the ability to speak is also a talent? Why is it that not everybody that is born to this planet can speak? And you are speaking, and you don't consider that it is a talent you have been given. What are you doing with that talent? Are you... Cursing people with it. There are some Christians that I know. What will tell you if you offend them? Holy Ghost fire on you. You will die before your time. We are not supposed to be killing people for whom Jesus died. Even if there are people who are persecuting us. Because if that were to be the case. Then one can easily say that. Paul, or the guy who later became Paul because he was Saul, we should have, or the people should have just killed him straight, straight away. And you know how much the church would have lost? Because of the New Testament, this guy wrote a lot of it. So, the point I'm making is, are we using our freedom, the power to speak, to become a tool whereby we curse people? And what we tell anybody when he offends us, Holy Ghost fire upon you. Is our fight against flesh and blood? Are we not supposed to come against the spirits who were using these people? Because when you take care of the spirit who is using a human being, their source of inspiration has been taken away. So the ability to do evil has been curtailed. Unfortunately, no, what we find in Christendom, in a time when actually most people who are waiting or who are expecting the Lord to come, most of us, we are at the airport. How many of you understand what I'm saying? If you were going to travel, what is going on? If you are going to travel, what any person who wants to travel will do is they will make sure they have a checklist 
Is my passport, uh, uh, what do you call it? What some people call actual. Is my passport current? Is it current or has it expired? If the passport is expired, you renew it. And then, because you know where you are going, you find out the requirements for entry into that country. And you make sure that all your checklist is there. Some places, if you are going to go, you need to be having a certificate. You have yellow fever injection, you have this, you have that, you have that, you have that, all those kinds of things in place. If you need a visa to be in that country, then you go to their embassy and you get a visa. And if you are born again, you have the visa. That is your visa. But just having a visa is not a guarantee you will be in that country. Because having had all your checklist, what do you need to do? You need to go to the airport. They will not come to your house and come and carry you. You have to go to the airport. And then you need to do what they call checking in. Checking in, you know, being at the airport is no guarantee that you are going to go on that flight. You can hang around the airport for all you want, and they will announce a flight, and before you know, it's gone. But when you go, you check in. My dear friends, I am asking you, what are you doing with the grace that God has given to you? Grace is going to be over one day. And you know what the Bible teaches? That one of these days, the Lord is going to come. Just like we are told here in this parable, after a long time, he came. Is it because Christ has delayed in coming for so long, so you think he's not coming back anymore? I'm sorry. If you think that he has gone and he has died where he went to, I'm sorry for you. The man died and rose again. He cannot die anymore. So the possibility that he will not come because he died is It's completely out of the question. He is going to come again. Believer, I am asking you, have you gone through your checklist today? Paul said, let every man examine himself, whether he be in the faith. If you look at your own life and you cannot see any difference, from the kind of life you to live before you came into the kingdom, I believe that today is a good time to take a decision for good, to change. We should be building capacity. We should be moving forward. You see, the man that had the five talents, he was able to build capacity to have ten talents. Many times, I find people who are expecting God to do great things with them and great things with their lives. And what they forget is that God doesn't do great things with a man who doesn't have the capacity for it. The moment God begins to do certain things in your life, your opposition changes. The resistance you face changes. Am I talking to somebody? You see, it is after... Uh, Peter and John have raised or have healed this crippled man in Acts chapter 3. It is after they have done this that they also began to feel what Jesus felt. Because that was when they were now arrested. 
That was when they put them in jail. Before that miracle happened, the level of demons they were facing were different. And I want you to tell you, my dear friends, when you don't build capacity and you move into certain dimensions of the spirit, you will not survive. Because when the people in the natural say the higher you go, the colder it becomes. Well, all truth is parallel because he has an analogy in the spirit. The higher you go in the things of God, the more certain aspects of their life change. Well, so somebody will say, okay, if that is the case, then let me remain at the same place. But we know the story of the man who remained at the same place. He didn't build any capacity. Did he end up well with him? No. You cannot afford to bury your talent. You cannot afford to misuse grace. Here we are. And the whole world is experiencing something some of us have not experienced before. And just because Pastor Samuel said, okay, we are going to pray, it's a 50-day push. Really, we didn't even start with a 50-day push. Uh, we, we started with the Passion Week. That's when we, we began to, to, to do this prayer. Well, some people, business as usual. Nothing has disturbed them. They keep on saying that the world has remained the same since the fathers left. And trust you me, for the next 3,000 years, we may be in 30, 20, it will still be the same. So don't worry. People have died and they have gone. Others have come in their place. We have heard, they say, Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. Forget about it. If they said they're coming, we would have seen it a long time. Oh, is that so? When they shall say, peace, 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 that is when sudden destruction will come upon them on our words. And so, my dear friends, believers in Christ, and for that matter, since we have gone live, I want to address anybody who does not know the Lord, who don't believe in Jesus. Whether you believe in Jesus or not is immaterial. The fact is that no human being created himself. The best human beings have been able to do is to make robots. That's a proof that no human being can make another human being. And so I want to assure you that in the same way that the man who made the Mercedes, there comes a time when they call it inspection and the car goes for inspection. The day is going to come when the one who made you is going to inspect you. You know, the cars that cannot be repaired, they take them to the junkyard. God's junkyard is a place called hell. So I am telling you, there is a heaven to gain and a hell to miss. Don't you ever dare to try God. Because there are many people who say, well, God is a good God. A good God cannot send people to hell. Well, 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 well. Why do our governments imprison some people? What right does a man who came from the womb of another man have the, sorry, came from the womb of, of, you know, of another human being? What right has this person to determine that some people have to be in prison? Well, the right that they have is the collective right of the society. Because where all have agreed and they have put rules in place, 
The rules are supposed to shift through the people. Those who must remain free because they have the capacity to exercise their freedom responsibly. And those who do not have the capacity to exercise their freedom responsibly, and therefore, by virtue of their exercising freedom, they deny other people of freedom, they must be taken out. Well, let me tell you, the same thing is about heaven. One criminal in heaven will mean that heaven cannot be enjoyed anymore. And so, in order for heaven to remain that nice place that it is, no criminal is going to get there. So don't you deceive yourself to think that a good God will not send a person to hell. God will send people to hell because he's good. And the fact that he is good is the reason why he must prevent those who will spoil other people's freedom from having the opportunity to do so. Imagine what heaven would be like if everybody can just, every dog goes to heaven, they say. And everybody gets there. Imagine what that place would be like. Only one criminal was found in that place. In the eternal past. The person that they called Lucifer at the time. Whom we now call the devil. That old serpent. He was the only one. The original person who conceived sin. And my dear friends. One person who is evil in heaven. Is more than sufficient to create trouble. Because experience has shown. That the thing that he did has cost one third of the angels the joy and the peace of being with God forever. God is not going to repeat that mistake for your sake. So, my dear friend out there, your sins will destroy you. And because God knows they will destroy you, Jesus died for you so that your sins don't have to destroy you. It is time for you to surrender to the Lord. It's time for you to come to the Lord and say, Lord, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I need for you to forgive my sins and make me a child of God. If you will do this, you will experience a peace you have never known. I, the one who I'm talking to you, I have gone through it and I know what it means. Thank God I was saved as a young person. And as I speak to you now, by the grace of God, I still remain saved. And I expect to be saved till Jesus comes. Amen. But I want you to understand, my dear friends, those of us who are belonging to the house of God, God is going to ask us to give account of the time we have had. Everybody has got talents. We are pushing. 50 days of push. And the push that we are pushing it is an intention to build capacity for more. He that is faithful in little, to him more shall be given. Are you pushing? Are you pushing? When we join the conference call and, and we are praying, do you just join because other people are joining and you think that by so doing they will leave you out? The Bible says what? Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Two people shall be in one bed. One shall be taken, the other shall be left behind. I want to assume that if two people are in one bed, they are either siblings or they are couples. Even if it is a man and a man, they will choose to call themselves a couple. It doesn't matter. The fact still remains that the person who knows the Lord 
he will be taken. And the person who doesn't know, he will be left behind. Now, let me give you a caveat there. It's not just a matter of those who know the Lord. But you see, if you read another parable, the parable of the virgins, you know that when the Bible speaks of a virgin, it's speaking of believers. But you know, five of those virgins were smart. The other five were foolish. Why were they foolish? The Bible clearly says that the Lord will appear again a second time to those who are looking for him. It's not enough for, to be born again. If you are born again today, you are like, oh Lord, please, wait, wait, don't come now, don't come now. I want to get married first. I want to have children. I want to own a jumbo jet. I want to do a lot of the things that wealthy people do. So don't come now. Obviously, this attitude means you are not looking for his appearance. Even those of us who are married, the Bible says, let those who are married be as though they marry not. So the things of this world have the capacity of killing your vision. To look for his appearing means to have vision. Has your vision died? Or is your vision still alive? How are you sustaining that vision of, of, of meeting the Lord when he comes? Have you now become so, so involved in the world that now you are thinking of uh, that house in Abiyakuta? For you to go and, and, and you know, to, 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 to open that house and, be, and make the biggest party that ever happened. You know? And so because of that, you are neglecting the spiritual capacity building that you need. Only because of temporary things, nobody is ever going to die to take anything that is material in this world with him. What kind of capacity are you building? Is your talent buried or is it being used? And how committed are you to your assignment in life? Going to heaven is not going to be accident, my dear friends. It's going to come because it's a deliberate action you are making. If you are just hoping to make heaven, you won't make it. But if you are determined to make heaven, you will pay attention to what the embassy is saying. And if I were you, I would be at the airport. I would have checked in. I would be at the, is it, how do you say, waiting, waiting, waiting area. Waiting for the flight to be announced. Because once the flight is announced, before you say you are going to check in, it will be too late. When the flight is announced, and you know how this flight is going to be announced. It's not going to be any microphone or any megaphone. It's going to be a trumpet. And it's going to be so loud, some people will say it thundered. But there's going to be a shout and the voice of the archangel and the flight will be announced. It is only those who are ready to board at that time who are going to go on that flight. Sorry, we are not going to say it's one of several flights because this particular aircraft is a super jumbo jet. Having the capacity of carrying 8 billion people on the planet all at the same time. And really, 
If I say 8 billion, I perhaps might have made a mistake. Because all who are dead in Christ over the centuries, who will come with the Lord, plus those of us who are living right now and looking for his appearing, all of us are going to go on board that plane. And guess what? There will still be space for more. And that aircraft will still have the capacity for another billion if they were supposed to be ready. So if somebody didn't make it, he wouldn't say, I didn't get a chance on the flight. What he would say is, I was praying that the flight would delay. And it didn't delay. The question I am asking you is, do you know that your master is coming? And if he's coming, what are you doing? Some of you, when we say we should, we should, we should fast, you won't fast though. You will not fast at all. A friend of mine several years ago, when they had agreed to fast, in the course of the day, somewhere along the line, there was a lot of pressure. He was looking at the food and he's like, ah, this one, nobody will look good. And then at a certain point, he went and finished the food. He has done everything well. They went and... These were people who went not to the forest, but to the beach to pray. And you know, the beach, there's a lot of sun there. And uh, if, if, if you are hungry and you are a little bit weak, walking in the sun, that one too is tough. But this guy, shall we pray? And this guy is having some kind of power. <laughs> moving, 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 moving. <laughs> At the end of the day, when they have finished this exhausted friend of his, completely kaput, like the Germans would say, he said, hey, my friend, you did well, though. <laughs> this kind of strength, like this, in this prayer, whoa, it was confession time. Because his conscience was pricking him, and he said, well, 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 I'm well, well, this one, I don't tell anybody. If he has, if he has kept his, his advice, not tell anybody, how would I know? <laughs> <laughs> so, whatever you do to hide, it will come out. Because when the flight comes and you are left behind, everybody will know. When we get there and we are saying, oh, why is, uh, I won't mention them more. Because this one, uh, this is not something I like to mention it. But when we are saying, oh, where is uh, brother so-so-and-so or sister so-so-and-so, and we look around and it's not there, we would have known that when we were talking of building capacity, he is taking us for a joke. I believe that after this 50 days push, the next area we should be going to is to be calling for some kind of fasts. The question I'm asking you is, after pushing for 50 days for you, your patience is exhausted. It's too much for you. Well, heavy is not meant for the faint-hearted. It is what it is. You either make it or you don't make it. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So one cannot say I couldn't do it because, well, it was too much. What did you do with the grace that is coming from Christ? Tonight, my dear friends, I just want to challenge you. You know, I want to challenge you. Because I don't know whether maybe next Sunday I will still have opportunity to talk to you again. Assuming the flight comes 
or the, the flight is called in the course of this week, are you going to make it? Please think about that. And for you out there who don't know the Lord, your time is running out. And I want to tell you, you may choose to believe what I'm saying, you may choose not to believe it. But whether you choose to believe it or you choose not to believe it, it's immaterial. Yeah. At the end of the day, you will have your own self and your own decisions that you took to blame for whatever happens to you. But I want to advise you, Jesus loves you. He wants you so much to be in that party that he has already made all provisions for you. I hear the voice of the Spirit of God says, all things are ready. Will you join? The decision is yours. But please, get something clear. You can take your decision right now, but as for the consequences, you cannot choose them. They are directly tied up with the decision that you make. Choose life that you may live. Choose Jesus that you may live. Jesus is the only way. Don't you ever get deceived to say there are a thousand, uh, uh, a thousand ways to roam. This is not Rome we are talking about. This is heaven. No man comes to the Father except by me. Shall we pray? Thank you for taking our time to tune in. For more information on our services, visit our website www.wimachapu.org. You can also join us for our weekly conference calls on Thursdays. More details on our website. Also make sure to check our Facebook, Instagram and YouTube platforms.